0: Hello everyone. Hello, hello. I'm Tony, And I'm Tally. And we are the The Lazy Lazy Book Lovers. This is a podcast for book lovers who procrastinate about reading and have never-ending to-be-read piles. (gasps) Oh, hiccup then. Sorry guys. (laughs) Um, So for what today's episode is about, Nat is going to sort of start the intro and then I'm going to tell you about (laughs) what we're talking about because I was too scared to do it. (laughs) So today we are
1: working in collaboration with Tandem Collective and Octopus Books and um, who kindly gifted us an e-copy of the book
0: Strong Female Character by Fern Brady. (laughs)
1: Yeah so it's going to be a focused episode just on this book today. Just on
0: one book which we haven't done that often. Not
1: for a while. Fourth Wing was probably our last one.
0: Yeah yeah, and I, I, we've done authors, but not particularly one particular book. Yeah. And this is a non-fiction even more unusually for us. Yes. It is not fantasy smart. We actually <laughs> read things and learned stuff. Yeah, so this is a, a memoir. <laughs> yes, yeah, so the genre for this book is technically memoir slash biography. The paperback was released on the 11th of January. There is also an audiobook, an e-book, available. There will be links for that in the description or in our card. Yeah. Also, as part of the collaboration, we have kindly been given three copies of the paperback version to give away. Visit our Instagram or our TikTok on the day this comes out, which is the 15th of February. You can find the links to those accounts in our card, which is usually in the description for the episode, wherever you listen. So visit on the day to find out what's going on with the giveaway and how you can get a copy of the book for yourself. It has won a bunch of awards. Um, mm. non-fiction book 2023 books on my bag awards shortlist neuro book awards shortlist bookshop.org indie champion shortlist amazon non-fiction book of the year shortlist goodreads choice book of the year and audible books of the year 2023 the times book of the year 2023 apple best audiobooks of 2023 Bookshop bookshop.org book of the month january 2024
1: Sorry. wow that's a lot <laughs> <laughs>
0: Before we get into discussing it, I also wanted to make sure we go over the content warnings from this book. You will find links to the full list of content warnings that Tandem Collective have done mm-hmm. on their website. The link will be in the description as well, or in the card.
1: Yeah, if so any of
0: these seem get into too detail. much
1: for you, maybe
0: skip this episode and we'll see you next week. <laughs> this memoir sort of discusses understanding meltdowns um, before and after di- diagnosis with autism. It also has quite frank and maybe slightly flippant tone to some people or quite Mm. not flippant casual tone in discussion about things like self-harm and suicide because this is written by a comedian Fern Brady so obviously this is done with a very Scottish comedian approach to the topic so if that is not how you'd like to approach this kind of topic as well this book might not be for you it worked for me as a British person who's very (laughs) sarcastic herself those of you kind of Things, it's discussions of like late diagnosed autism, self harm, suicide. She does briefly work as a stripper, so if that's also not for you, there's also discussions of uh,
1: domestic abuse, self harm, eating disorders, mental Mm. illnesses
0: in general, grooming. She does spend a bit of time in a psych ward. Yeah, so
1: yeah, just check your content warnings.
0: And with that, okay, we will jump into it. <laughs> so I, I've, I've done prep this time, guys. Amazing. Um, so the outline of what this book's about, like in just bullet points, um, it starts really with the lead-up to Fern being diagnosed with autism and what that looked like before and after, and the lead-up to it, all well, her feelings about it. And then it kind of jumps back in time to her early teens kind of goes through to her 20s into her 30s but peppered throughout the stories of her adulthood are uh, links back to parts of her childhood where there were signs that relate to the struggles she had in adulthood
1: mm. yeah like it's almost it's almost set up as like themes so like one mm. chapter will deal with kind of one theme and it will do the points throughout her life
0: that kind yeah. Of connect yeah yeah and it Talks very heavily about the struggles of moving through a neurotypical world as an undiagnosed neurodivergent person. Mm-hmm. That's kind of bullet points. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what what it's about. Yeah. What What was your What's your initial thoughts, feelings?
1: Mm. Any
0: thoughts in the brain?
1: <laughs> not really. Not not. <laughs> so, shall we read the um, description of yes. the book? Yes. Um, you have got it in front of you. Yeah. And this will also kick me into gear. (laughs) (laughs) So, Strong Female Character is a game-changing memoir on sexism and neurodiversity. Fern Brady will use her voice as a neurodivergent working-class woman from Scotland to bring issues such as sex work, abusive relationships, and her time spent in teenage mental health units to the page. It will take a sledgehammer to the manic pixie dream girl trope, which is mistakenly applied to neurodiverse women. It will also look at how her lack of regard for social expectations ultimately meant she was she surpassed any limitations of what a Scottish working class woman can do. Mm. Um. So my overall feelings are: it's a very heavy book, and um, it's very no holds barred. She is very. Honest, brutally honest, brutally honest. Some of the things I'm reading, I'm like, if I was that person from her, like her best friend from year whatever, yeah. I'm reading that, I would be like,
0: oh, that's so. Cool. Also, just her experience in general, like, so a lot. Of, it, it is her life is just so interesting,
1: as and well. yeah, it's just crazy. Like, I. If, if you'd told me all these things happened to mm. one person, I'd have been like, they're clearly lying. This is like a Reddit shitpost. Like, no way. And it's she crazy. She has been
0: through the mill. <laughs> yeah.
1: And it's crazy that basically all of it can link back to if she'd been diagnosed with this sooner, a lot of these situations she found herself in perhaps may not have happened.
0: Because she does discuss that she... she thought she was autistic as a teenager when she was in cams and in like teenage mental health institutions Mm. and she was told no you can't have it because you can make eye contact and you have boyfriends yeah and it's the fact that also there's like there's a good 15 years of her life that could have been different at that point as well yeah yeah. had it been found at the point where she realized herself yeah Um, and like she has a very
1: um interesting relationship with her parents because of it Mm -hmm. and you know possibly if the diagnosis had come sooner she would have had a better relationship Mm -hmm. with her parents um it was quite uh what's the word i'm looking for like fiery she Mm. was kicked out a lot Um, it's a lot
0: of Vern talks a lot about with her autism it's very black and white thinking
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and to a lot of the time she could not understand why her mum was so upset about things. Yeah. So, like, when she started having sex as a teenager, this, obviously, we're talking, this is working-class Scotland in the 80s. So that was quite, kind of, someone having, even if it was protected sex freely, outside of wedlock, to her mum, who was a boomer parent, was, like, end of the world. Yeah, and
1: Catholic at that as and well. And Catholic, Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: And for Fern, she couldn't understand because she was like, "Well, I'm not going to get pregnant, and I'd done everything I'm supposed to do to protect myself, or wore condoms, you know." I don't get why you're upset. Yeah, I'm when not, her
1: mum's like, "Why you're did gonna you get have in sex? trouble?" and yeah. she's like, "Because he was fit." Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like oh. And her mum keeps saying she's
0: going to get in trouble, and she's like, "But how? Because I'm understand. not going to get pregnant. I don't get it. I'm not going to get yeah. STIs. I don't understand how I'm going to get in trouble."
1: Yeah, like she can't navigate those implied things that you tend to pick up by context, I guess, in a a social way.
0: So, yeah, it's it's little things like that, and obviously her mum reacted neurotypically, (laughs) we could say. (laughs) Parents are not diagnosed with anything.
1: (laughs) I would say... Obviously, this is through her eyes as well, yeah. I would say her mum was extremely over the top. But however, I'm a millennial mum who mm. cares about my child's feelings. So,
0: you know. <laughs> Whereas it wasn't completely uncommon if you had a child that didn't fit the norm, you were just like, okay, we're going to make that real quiet. Yeah. Shh, 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 put you under the rug? But
1: like, yeah, and because of the time period it was mm. in, there's a lot of kind of abuse and no matter your opinion on it like hitting your child is abuse end of. but all of that mm. was kind of culturally the norm then yeah. and obviously as a parent I had that added thing that when I was reading it I was like this makes me feel sick like how can you hit your child or whatever like well yeah because
0: they're fidgeting while you're drying their hair yeah yeah where I'm like uh. remembering that like I had sort of gen x parents so my dad used to chase me with a hair dryer because I wouldn't sit still for the hair Yeah, yeah do you know what I mean like the, that was in my head that was a like direct comparison is like we used to make a game of it yes exactly i got the synopsis on the back as well Mm because i quite liked it so i put it up here and i thought i'd share it yeah um so it's like a bullet point summary of her book which like i think really summarizes the tone of the book quite well yeah yeah um a summary of my book one i'm diagnosed with autism 20 years after telling a doctor i had it Two, my terrible Catholic childhood. Three, my friendship with an elderly man who runs the corner shop and is definitely not trying to groom me. Four, homelessness. Five, stripping. Six, more stripping, but more nervous breakdowns. Seven, I hate everyone at Edinburgh Uni, etc. Eight, redacted as too spicy. Nine, after everyone tells me I don't look autistic, I try to cure my autism and get addicted to Xanax. Ten, redacted, too embarrassing. (laughs)
1: Yeah, she... uh i
0: think this summarizes the tone it so well does really they? well yeah
1: <laughs> and yeah so she uh like she discusses a lot of the kind of stereotypes um which you briefly mentioned with the doctor and how um they're absolutely ridiculous stereotypes to use to like Diagnose people, you know. So there's the thing that people often think that if you're autistic, you're not going to be in a relationship, and or you're not going to
0: hold a job, or not going to yeah. get a degree.
1: And um, she she displays or she discusses how she feels that because she was autistic, actually she was able to have loads of relationships. Just mm. she felt about them differently to how she thinks neurotypical people would feel. Obviously, she doesn't know because she yeah. is, but yes, yeah, so and she has um, a lot of links to uh, research documents that she mentions. Yeah, and stuff.
0: all the stats, there's so yeah. many stats in this. Book so there's horrible. like
1: studies of like um, women, autistic women, are usually in relationships of
0: domestic abuse and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah, the relationship between neurodivergence in general and being an abuse. The statistics are that like, there's quite a high correlation. Yeah,
1: yeah, I can imagine actually because, just like they because I think you struggle to understand what you what is acceptable and what isn't because you're not.
0: Well, I guess if it's also it's that kind of thing of like if you're as Fern does in this book, she's mapping social interactions off what mm. she's read in books. Yeah. Because in the books, obviously, the narr- narrator is explaining, like, why I did that or something. Mm-hmm. And if you are mapping romantic relationships off of romance in books, sometimes the way they behave in books is not the way it is ever acceptable for a real-life man to act. Yeah. And if you don't know that implicitly, because, you know, social cues are harder for you then you are not going to know that that's not how someone's supposed to behave in a relationship. Uh-huh, yeah. And if that's also your exclusive experience with relationships as you start dating people, because you're seeking partners like Pocky, Red in books, and then you're like, oh, it's exactly like the book. I've got this right. I've got the map right. Yeah. Um, and then the partners are doing exactly what you expect them to, because it's in the book, mm-hmm. except it's real life and men can't tell you. No one else is allowed to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> For example, <laughs> it's like a lesser
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Um,
0: exactly yeah so um i thought that was quite interesting basically she does talk a lot about yeah these these um correlations things
1: yeah and she talks about how uh obviously the kind of stereotype or the common thing you find um in autistic people is they often have, like, a hyper-focus or whatever. Mm. And she was saying that it's often misrepresented, like, in women because women's hyper-focus often tends to be their boyfriends or the relationship yeah. they're in.
0: Like It's in socially acceptable feminine roles. Yeah. Where it's, like, caring for someone else.
1: Yeah. So people will be like, but you're not obsessed with trains. Mm. But that's as with many 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 things in our medical field it's all that is based on a male experience well this also uh, kind of stand typical male experience
0: there's also the factor that a lot of the research on autism has been done on men Mm -hmm. the dsm-5 for autism and adhd the criteria is based on how it presents in men Mm because that's what the research has been done on about yeah And women are more likely to socially mimic or socially mask. Yeah. Um, Because part of what autism is, is really good pattern recognition. But where the medical community falls behind is that they don't realise that you could do pattern recognition on how to mimic facial expressions. And behaviours. Yeah.
1: Like, she talks about
0: when and she um, when
1: she was a teenager, she one of the patterns she noticed is popular girls all had their hair done a certain way. And she made that correlation. Mm. She was like, ah, oh, so if you have lots of scrunchies in your hair, you become popular. Yeah. Because that was the connection she made. Or if
0: I want to do well on TV, I have to be very thin. Yes. And big-boobed. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. mentioned, like, weight is a constant mention throughout this because she is a child of the 80s and 90s. Yep. Yeah. And
1: she finds that
0: she can um, control her eating, which is
1: something that a lot of Mm. uh, young girls from that time went through. And also, as an autistic person, she has that... uh, She goes through that thing that, like, when everything's getting stressful, she just only has one safe food or whatever. Yeah, so she
0: explains that she finds like trying to pick what to eat and too many different things overstimulating when she's already overstimulated. Slay. Yeah. (laughs) So she will end up eating the same food because then it's like, okay, I don't need to think about this. This is one thing I don't need to worry about. I eat the same thing, but it's like you can't eat cornflakes for a month and Mm. (laughs) Fucking What and be nutritionally well served all round. Um, Which is obviously how she, like, obviously her weight does go up and down in accordance with that. And then whenever she loses weight, she gets lots of positive affirmations. Yeah. So then she's like, this is how it should be. This is how I'm meant to look.
1: Yeah. So, (laughs) mostly figure, like, in lockdown when my partner was like, we can't have jacket potatoes every meal. And I was like, but why not? (laughs) It's comforting. Um,
0: I've definitely done that. Yeah. Because, like, oh, some context, we are suspected Nori Spicy, but both undiagnosed. So we cannot sit here in confidence and talk about this saying that it is from that perspective. We just have some suspicions... About us both being a little bit ADHD. <laughs> Not a little bit. You can't be a little bit ADHD. Um, um, self-diagnosis yeah. is valid.
1: Yeah. I I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to
0: say 99%
1: sure over
0: here. <laughs> yeah. I just want to say, like, self-diagnosis is valid. But yeah. in this case, I want you to let you know that neither of us are diagnosed. We're coming at this from a strong suspicion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, because if you weren't able to
0: self-diagnose, often
1: I think a lot of people wouldn't have been diagnosed. I mean... If they weren't going to the doctors and pushing for it. Right,
0: so... I had a throat infection last week okay mm-hmm. which is why I'm a bit croaky and I apologize. <laughs> so I had to go through the emergency doctors appointment service. Ah uh, yeah It's yeah. now a form you fill out. Yeah. For non UK people you won't understand why this is all a bit weird because my GP is part of one of those ones that's been privatized but is still NHS. Uh-huh yeah. Yeah. Um so I had to fill out a form for the emergency appointment. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. in that form, I basically self-diagnosed that it was a throat infection. Yeah. Because I've had them a bunch of times. Yeah, so I was yeah. like, here's all the things I've really tried to fix it. Here's what it looks like. Here's what I think it is. I would like some antibiotics. And she essentially phoned me up and was like, yeah, I agree with you. Done. Antibiotics are on the way. Yeah. <laughs> Sorted.
1: Like, cool. <laughs> See my my online form that I sent to the doctor recently where I was like, um, it's become it's become very apparent that I have ADHD. Here <laughs> is the reasons why. Here is what I believe has triggered this to be mm. something that I now need help with.
0: Yeah.
1: Um you'll notice that I recently came to you for stress, yeah. which I'm still dealing with and i think that was one of the triggers the doctor replied um let's have a face-to-face appointment (laughs) i mean a lot of what you listed could just be stress and i was like i mean did you see the rest of my list
0: though (laughs) because that's the problem like you can have executive functioning issues if you are stressed if you're depressed if you are anxious so there is a lot of crossover and that's why women get misdiagnosed as fern was in this book as having depression and anxiety and OCD at one point and yeah. like everything else. I mean,
1: I've had anxiety and depression diagnosed for about 10 years now. And I'm like, oh, would you look at that? But... Um, I just don't tell the
0: doctor when something's wrong. <laughs> I'm <laughs> very British in that sense.
1: <laughs> no, when and was like, I need some medication right now, please. And she was like, oh, yes, here you go.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I have desperately hidden all the ways in which I was struggling until... Um, about four years ago, whenever mm. I left, left my horrible job, yeah, where I was like, "This is not normal." <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hang on a minute.
0: But there is something else going on
1: here. <laughs> I like it when when they when she's in the psych ward, they when they think she's got a OCD or she's yeah. been diagnosed with OCD, and the um, the therapist or counsellor or person who's not qualified in any oh way Who's just them. moving like a tissue treating. box around the table <laughs> to see if she gets annoyed and she's like I know what you're doing but that's not what I'm annoyed about I need my parents or my family to be
0: quiet yeah. <laughs> like, like I need them to not move my things yeah. means I need to not have at the overstimulation of stuff not being the place I expect it to yeah. be you can um, move your tissue box around I don't yeah. care it's not my thing go in my room and move something yeah. and then we'll have something to talk about <laughs> Um, And then she actually kind of thrives in the
1: psych ward because she finally has quiet to do her (laughs) schoolwork.
0: Quiet and a set routine. Yeah. And no weird social contracts that she's supposed to, like, decipher. No. Because everyone in there is a little bit ill and is not trying to act a different way. (laughs) No, there's, like, no masking or anything.
1: Which is, why she does
0: discuss. She wonders how many of those people were neurodivergent. Yeah.
1: When she's, like talking about how she just wants to be left alone to learn the languages that, like, tickle her fancy. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I've learned a lot of languages over the years just because I wanted to. <laughs> I was like, stop it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when she talks about, like, being thought to be really clever in school.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. So. And I was like... I mean, again, we, we have suspects, but we both have ADHD. And I was like, me in school being, like, so bored. I and mean, when I tell people I used to be like, oh, I used to find school really boring. I found it too easy. They were like, are you really clever there? And I was like, I'm not that clever.
1: This is what I was literally talking about this with my son's head teacher. Yeah. She was like, what were you like in school? And I was like, really disruptive because I got bored. I did my work quickly and then I was bored.
0: Yeah, I I figured out if I did my work really quickly, because you really used to, this, I don't know if this teaching style still happens, but they basically used to give us a worksheet and it would be like four questions, and because everyone would disrupt and talk and like not do the work. Oh, and it took like an hour to do yeah. four questions. So I would do yeah. the four questions, and then they'd give me the extension questions, which would be in like another three. Yeah. And then I'd be done within 20 minutes, and the rest of the hour was my own. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the teachers would just be like, sit there and don't bother anyone. Yeah. And if I did that, they left me alone. And I was like, and that made them think I was, well, I'm mediocre. I was never thought to be that smart in school. Yeah. But like... Since then, people have been like, You're really smart. And I'm like, No. No, I just speak well. <laughs> <laughs> I just come across that. And if way. I like what I'm learning, I can learn it really fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it becomes my entire brain for a little while. <laughs> if you've ever done a
1: tandem read along before, they mm. give you like some question cards. So I thought mm. we could go yeah. through a few of these. So it's now a good point to add that I mean, in.
0: I do you know I have my little bullet points yeah. the things we should talk about. Because I prepped.
1: So you you tell me if there's anything else on your bullet point.
0: I thought the stuff about autism and sexuality that she talked about. Yes. I.e. there being higher rates of people who are LGBTQIA+. Because they're not restricted by the social... Social norms. Mm. Because social norms are like, okay, I don't know what that is. I like this person. Shut up. Yeah, when she's like
1: basically a child. Okay, she's not a child. She's like... 16 or so I guess Mm. she ends up in a threesome that she's like I'm really confused about how this happened but okay I guess this is happening and she's got like a kidney infection yeah she doesn't want to mention it because she thinks that might not be sexy or
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah. Um, (laughs) and where she talks about also the black and white thinking of also not understanding why sex is supposed to be bad or yeah. wrong. Not that I'm saying that. I don't agree with that opinion. No. But in the 80s, again, context for the time period. where in her, her, mom Catholic is, her Catholic
1: upbringing. in her Catholic
0: upbringing. And we're talking like a small, small rural town yeah. in Scotland. Yeah. You know, we're not talking like it's in in London on the cutting edge. <laughs> like, the cutting edge. You, you know, know what I mean? Yeah. With boomer parents. Mm-hmm. And so that's that black and white thinking as well of like, I liked him so I had sex with him. I'm like what? Yeah. What's the problem? He was
1: fit. And she's, <laughs> there's like a bit where when she first goes to university and her housemates, um, one of them, like doesn't like having many boys her, she's bringing yeah. back. Yeah. And then they all go and get an STD test and she's the only one without any infections and she's sitting there all smug the away home, even though they're all in long term <laughs>
0: relationships. Yeah. <laughs> So I just thought all of that was really interesting, the stats she had around that stuff as well. Yeah, definitely. And like, because there, there is that stereotype again of this autistic person. They get infantilised in that they assume that they don't want romantic relationships or that they can't be in them or that someone who is in one is somehow taking advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which again, depending on your support needs, that may be true. For someone with very, very high support needs, because there's not, I'm not going to say severe autism or a lot of high functioning, because those aren't things. No. You have high and low support needs in different areas of where you struggle. Mm-hmm. So if someone with extremely high support needs who socially can't read those things, does not want those things, that person maybe wouldn't be in a relationship. But it's yeah. the stereotype that no autistic person wants a relationship. <laughs> I
1: think, um,
0: I don't know if this is just, a UK show I
1: don't know if America's done a version or if Mm. anyone watches it in America but The Undateables was a Channel 4 show I don't know if that's still Um, going
0: you might know the TikTok sound that went round because of it you know that we've both got autism haven't we That okay. is from that show.
1: Uh, and um, in that, they like specifically pick people who kind of live up to that stereotype. Mm. They also use the term Asperger's a lot in that, which yeah. um, Fern mentions in her book is not a term that she used anymore because it's got such negative well, it's, um, connotations. And it's like,
0: based on, I think it's, is it Hans Asperger, who was a Nazi?
1: Yeah, it's based on. And a lot of Nazi autistic science.
0: research is still based on that Nazi science. Yeah. So there is also that legacy that carries on to this day in the diagnostic criteria. Mm. And that was done on men as well. Oh, shocking. (laughs) (laughs) And obviously not done in, like, laboratory conditions because it was during the Holocaust, so. I recently (laughs) um, listened to... There's a podcast I
1: listened to called Red Handed, which is my favourite podcast, Mm. and they recently did an episode about the Kingsley scale and obviously the sexuality Mm. in this... I can't remember his name, his surname's Kingsley, and how in, like, the 50s, or no, I think it was, like, the 40s, he was the one that came up with this idea that there is a sexuality... spectrum Spectrum. yeah and it was really interesting to listen to and yeah i was figuring i listened to that episode yesterday Mm. so it was whilst i was reading this book it was all very
0: interesting yeah and she gets into obviously the the autism you're not gonna black and white thinking you're not gonna subscribe to this whole thing of like if you fancy someone you shouldn't be with them because it's socially wrong Mm. she's like i fancied women yeah so i also dated women
1: and then she also (laughs) uh just like Overlaps a lot of people because she's just like, oh, I fancied that person's Yeah. <laughs> well, this is again that's that hyper focus thing as well. Yeah, she just the kind of moved on. can she transfer. Can. But then she also had a lot of discussion about how she stayed with people because they were her support at the time. So because mm. she, she was kicked out of her parents a lot, she stayed in relationships that she, she didn't want to be in without them because she needed somewhere to live. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Fat Scott was it? Yeah, Fat, Pete? Fat, <laughs> Fat Scott. Scott. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then. I don't know if this is, like, the next yeah. bullet point or whatever, but that that also leads into, like, some violence that happened yes. in particular. The
0: person, she, there was one particular person who she hyper-focused on for a very, very long time. And this person, I believe, was probably gaslighting her.
1: Oh, he sounds The whole harried, time. To, yeah,
0: Part the, It gets physical later in the relationship. The physical abuse happens later. But he is clearly mentally abusing her. From very early on. Taking advantage
1: of how, of her hyperfixation, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I think he probably saw her, I mean, obviously, I don't know, I don't know either of them or their relationship, but he probably saw her as naive and someone he could...
0: Yeah, again, that manic pixie dream girl Yeah, she mentions that, like,
1: the manic pixie dream girl is often just autistic women.
0: Yeah, and then, I mean, like, someone said to me, well, no, it's not someone, someone on the internet, I saw this new girl, Mm. Jess, autistic. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah. And the way that all the others, like, protect her as well.
1: Yeah, I remember the first time someone said that to me, like, it was a shock, and I was like, I thought it was actually just... I I... thought it was just how she was... I thought it was obvious. Yeah,
0: no, I didn't see it until I... And then someone... I said that, and then I rewatched it, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. She's so autistic-coded.
1: Yeah, and, like ramona flowers from scott pilgrim which again mm. is like manic pixie dream girl mm-hmm.
0: yeah yes yeah, so she does it's really interesting especially if she moves into film and television as her career it's really interesting how she gets into like those stereotypes mm. and where she clashes against them um i, I yeah i really like this book I Very had, heavy. <laughs> I never heard of her before. I so I know her from Taskmaster, and she does ah. talk about Taskmaster in the book. Ah, because that was yeah. around the time I she want got to diagnosed. Watch that, actually, it, mm. oh Taskmaster,
1: great. Yeah, my partner's watched it and always a I watch tells it obsessed. We, watch it. It. it's the
0: it's the auto watch in this house. Mm. If none of us could be asked to pick what's on, we just put Taskmaster on. We've watched it about twenty times.
1: My son's head teacher when I had that meeting and we were having a bit of a mm. brutally. Um, mm neuro chat and uh, she was like I think her son is um neurospicy of some mm. description and she was like you know like with my son I know when he's having a bad time he just re-watches the same things and then if I try to say to him hey watch mm. something else and I think I'm helping him but I'm not because he needs to re-watch like blah blah and I was like well yeah because yeah. I just re-watch the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over mm. and she was like
0: oh my friends will be like have you watched this yet and i'm like i don't have the brain space right now yeah that's like whenever you
1: like watch uh, shadow (laughs) of bone and i'm like but i'm on my 12th rewatch this week of
0: (laughs) i mean thing is i'm like my friend will be like it's been two weeks have you watched it yet i have waited two years it's now (laughs) cancelled well
1: yeah because we knew that was coming so it's netflix but isn't it that much sweeter when I finally get round to it? Yeah. Like I when mean, I finish Duggery.
0: You finish duggery finally. <laughs> I'm waiting for Bridge Kingdom now. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I, for, for me, this the thing with her socially at school, of being always told that she's, like, too intense, mm. or, like, when she finds a really interesting topic that she wants to talk about, and then that, that, that like crushing moment when you realise the other person opposite you is bored of you or thinks you're weird yeah
1: <sighs> yeah yeah yeah,
0: that one oh that kicked me because <laughs> that happens to me even now yeah. like I, I've read a book I really want to talk about and I just talk to it about my friends because they're my friends and I want to talk to them and I've called them out on it now so now they just smile and nod yeah. and be like that sounds cool but before it'd be like could you shut up now yeah. Like, I have very blunt friends and they have said things like that to me. <laughs> yeah, it's like
1: when my partner, he when I talk to him, he picks up his phone and looks yeah. at it and I'm like, oh, I see. Yeah. Well,
0: that's probably him trying to focus though.
1: Yeah, he is listening to yeah. me. Like, for him, he's doing everything he mm-hmm. can to listen to me. For me, I'm like, so you don't want to listen to me anymore? Because I had me. to.
0: My last workplace, I had to sort of because they were like, you always bring your laptop into meetings, or just you do, like you draw. Tap tap tap. Yeah. And I'm like, if you want me to listen to what you're saying, I need to be. I need to be also doing other work at the to same time.
1: myself with something else so I, I can listen. I was like,
0: if you see me hands down looking directly at you, I'm not listening to no, you. No,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm doing that monkey circus song because, or whatever. Because obviously not,
0: not diagnosed, so I can't ask for accommodations at work. So, and Fern does talk about this in this book where her therapist has taught her ways to ask for accommodations that sound neurotypical, that neurotypicals can understand. Like, yeah. the bright lights give me migraines, uh-huh. yeah. not the bright lights are going to cause an autistic meltdown. <laughs> yeah. So what I, I, I'm doing that at work for the suspected Doroy spicy that I am. Mm. And I started doing it for a long time and I didn't realise I had done this. But I started asking for accommodations without saying that's what I need. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'm such a fidget. I just need something to fidget with and then I can pay better attention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I just need something to do with my hands. I am listening. Or I just need somewhere to look. I was like, I am listening. Don't worry. Like, I have to... And I thought sort of, There's a rule to this day with me and work, it's like, if you verbally give me an instruction, it's gone. Yeah. I need it in writing. Mm. And I had everyone in my last workplace. They'd be like, I'm just going to talk to you about this, but I'll send an email after I've talked yeah, to you. Yeah, good. And I'm like, cool, good with that system. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I was like, if you don't see me write it down or you don't put it in writing, it does I've, not exist. i would
1: forgotten it's already. It's
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, she does talk about, obviously, like,
1: when she tries work and different work and stuff. And there's one where she's working at, um, a pharmacy of some description mm. and she it must be um probably boots yeah. and she has a little badge saying ask me about the number seven mascara and someone asked her <laughs> and she's like it's really shit mate I mean,
0: <laughs> basically because no one had explicitly told her you you're supposed to lie and say the mascara is good because we want to sell it yeah she and she can't lie she just so, can't. She, so she also she didn't make no one said that no, explicitly no one said that, so yeah. she didn't make that implied connection yeah. that i'm supposed to say the mascara at my job is good she like didn't, so then she literally straight up just told them it's shit, don't buy it. Yeah, she was like, You're better off getting this brand. And then they were like, What are you doing? Well, Her manager at work, I've definitely had a few managers like that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's all of my bullet points because we've talked about the DSM, domestic abuse, the stats, and the focus, hyper focusing. So let's do the prompt cards. Yeah, so. Ask me, I can put my um, notes down. <laughs> so, um,. You'll be able to find these
1: on Tandem Collective's website. Um, I
0: believe we've got links for that too. Yeah, I've got all the links.
1: I'll share them. And also I will share these uh, the week, like the day this episode comes out, I will share these on our stories on Instagram. So follow us there if you haven't already. So um, Mm. these will be related to quotes from certain pages. And then they have a question. So um, we hear the phrase gifted and talented all the time. It's used colloquially on the internet to describe uh, adults. Now we've grown out of school, were you ever a gifted or talented child? And how do you think this affected your upbringing or your approach to your job now?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, Tony. <laughs> I was never actually told I was like gifted or super smart. Hmm. I was just thoroughly mediocre and just not the teacher's problem. Yeah. Because you just I just went
1: under the radar. I
0: figured out how to skate under the radar, essentially, mm. and just not be a problem. But I was. I used to do the homework from other lessons in different classes, and all the teachers knew I was doing it because I was quiet. They didn't say anything. Didn't care, yeah. I'd read in lessons again, quiet, not going to say anything. I used to disappear. There was double science, was the bane of my fucking life because I didn't like the teacher, um, and I didn't like the topic, and. It was boring, so I used to fall asleep in his class all the time. Oh. But I was at the front. Oh, I was in one of the front so you benches. Even hiding it. No, no, so I used to go to the toilet at exactly the same time every lesson and disappear for 20 minutes. And the, to the point where the teacher was like, I put my hand up and he was like, Is it time for the 12 o'clock wee? And I was like, Yes, it is, sir. <laughs> um, I still That's got so an funny. A.
1: Yeah.
0: I still got an A in science. Because like. there was, a, the, so there was, you do two different types of science at GCSE. Back when I was taking them anyway, um, and if you're really smart, they put you in more. So my other science teacher said to my mum in um, a parents' evening, "Your daughter is disruptive in my lessons. She eats. She goes on her phone. She talks to other students and disrupts them. She leaves the lesson for several minutes at a time." She's like, "But he's she is working to an A grade, so I don't care." <laughs> I like that. I literally said that to my mum. Good.
1: That's how you should be as a teacher. Like, if they're meeting what you what yeah. you needed to meet, forget about it, mate. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I, I find
0: someone that doesn't matter. <laughs> but that teacher liked me, but the one for the lesson that I hated, he hated me. Because mm. he did teach my brother and he really liked my brother and was upset I was not my brother, but girl. Yeah, why weren't you? Oh, no, and that's,
1: that's how genetics work. Do you remember
0: I told you there was that teacher that asked me if I was pregnant in front of the whole class? Yeah. That's that teacher. Yeah, it sounds like a dickhead. Yeah. That was... I don't know. People have thought in my working career Mm. that I am really smart and confident and super capable. And it has sometimes meant that supervisors either leave me completely fuck alone or they micromanage me because they're kind of annoyed that I'm trying to take ownership. Mm. So, because I can just get on with shit, then... So it goes one of two ways. They don't want me to just get on with shit and they want to micromanage it and I can't stand that or they ignore me completely. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of been my (laughs) experience. So
1: in my working career, um, people have always been shocked when they find out that I'm quite intelligent.
0: Mm.
1: And I'm like, cheers. But... (laughs) I don't know. Apparently I don't give off a vibe that I have any fucking brains, but I do. (laughs) (laughs) Like, when... I remember one manager was... I was just talking about, like, my degree and my Mm. master's degree and some certificates in languages are done on the side and (laughs) (laughs) my open university degree and uh, (laughs) and they're like what you've done all that and I was like yeah I just really like learning and they were like oh I wouldn't have expected and I was like yeah I I always just just say I
0: liked learning I I didn't like school yeah I love learning things I hate
1: school at school I I junior school I was disruptive because I did the work too quickly and then I (laughs) was bored Secondary school, I'd kind of lost interest, and my interest lie elsewhere. Mm. And then, university and stuff was where I shone because mm. I was just left to my own devices, and I was picking what I learned, and I was learning about
0: stuff I so liked. That was the problem for me when I got left to my own devices because I never learned how to study. Mm. I had to teach myself because I could just, I could just memorize. Yeah. Stuff because exams, it's just testing your memory. Oh yeah, but there's nothing. So I would memorize stuff like a script. Mm day before or immediately before exams go in the exam split it all out yeah. retained none of it yeah it's gone now i'm done or like for certain exams where it was like a essay i figured out if you write in a formula you always get an a mm. there's a certain formula to get an a yeah and stephen fry talks about doing this by the way mm. um, on a higher level like in university but I basically figured out if I write my re essay always in this way, it's always an A because I've hit all the learning objectives. Which like, is all you need, yeah. Yeah, I've hit all the tick points. Mm. So then I'd write to the tick points.
1: Okay, so the next one. This is a quote from the from the book. That's what being autistic feels like for me. One long blackout night of drinking, except there's no socially sanctioned excuse for your gaffes, and no one is laughing. And it says for our neurodiverse and or autistic readers. What does it feel like for you? Obviously, we're not technically, but and for allistic readers, which was a word I learnt in this book.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't know that word
1: before. So that's um, neurotypical people. Mm. Um, how do you feel about Fern's explanation of her autism? Feels like one long blackout night of drinking, except there's no socially sanctioned excuse for your gaffes, and no one is laughing.
0: I I think I got really good at hiding. Mm so I but again we're not our perspective is not autistic necessarily yeah Yeah, exactly so I got really good at at, I used to always say nobody knows who I am because I got so good at pretending to be what I was supposed to be in that moment around different groups of people I got re. I I also went used to love acting when I was a kid so I used to be like I'm just acting all the time (laughs) like I'm so quirky
1: (laughs) (laughs) i literally said to um a customer of Mm. mine like when i when he learned about um all of my studies and stuff and Mm. he's like oh i thought i knew you quite well and i was like literally no one knows me
0: yeah
1: everyone knows a part of what i let them see Mm -hmm. but no one knows me
0: yeah
1: i mean i would say my partner's probably the closest but even then i still don't let him see my full feral self i don't think (laughs) maybe i don't know maybe i do no i don't
0: think i do (laughs) yeah so um that's so i don't yeah i don't identify with that because i got so good at lying and all the things that i couldn't do i got very good about nobody knowing i couldn't do them Mm. to the point where a lot of people still don't believe me when i talk about it now some of these we've already discussed how do you feel
1: about um, white lies to save face or soften a blow to someone's feelings, do you understand how the rules of social interaction and politeness are askew and are harder to understand the nuance of I
0: understand why I don't struggle with it personally
1: no I don't struggle with it Um, I can see how hard it is, because a lot of it you just learn from context Mm. and if you don't have that part of your brain that allows you to do that like if your brain doesn't allow well, it's you to is do that, that. that
0: innocent example of if someone asked you if they are fat you are never supposed to say yes mm. you are never supposed to say yes yeah but if no one says that to you explicitly that's the rule of socializing don't tell people no. like what they the things they don't want to hear yeah <laughs> like
1: um it makes me laugh that when we were younger... Yeah. Um, if someone said, do have a big butt, you'd always say no. Yeah. But now if someone asks you, you're supposed to say yes.
0: <laughs> well, like... So I've got a friend of mine that I went to university with. She Whoa. is from up north and came from a more mixed culturally area. Mm. And she's always said to me, I think I'm supposed to have... Because I, I am, like, a plus-size body type and I've got a big butt. Um, <laughs> she said to me, she grew up being told my, by her peers that my body type is what she's supposed to have. Mm. And I was like, that's so weird. Cause I've grown up being told that your body type is what I'm supposed to have. Mm. And then when I went to uni and then I was being told differently, weird, I was, yeah.
1: You were like, hang on a
0: minute. Oh yeah. I, I've always said the first time someone told me the way I looked, I am shaped naturally it was beautiful that didn't happen until i went to university the first time someone told me the way i was built looked good happened at uni and i'd had partners in this in this town as well (laughs) that is but anyway yeah i personally can't relate to that but um i'll get it and then,
1: do you think we as a society completely understand neurodiverse people, or do you think we still have more to learn? We've got I mean, so much we more to learn. know hardly anything really. And as you said, most of what we do know was from really dodgy scientific experiments that were not, yeah, quote marks, that had a ridiculous amount of bias to them. Um, no peer reviews, nothing like nothing that. Nothing for the s-
0: mental safety of the people involved. No,
1: no. Nothing for the physical safety of the people involved.
0: Yeah. Um, well, not- I'm talking about, like, later, the weird science experience that happened in this, this quote marks, the psychotherapy site like, mm. you said in the 60s and 70s, that things like our attachment theory are based on some of these things, these tests. Yeah. Tests, quote marks. There's, there's, there's psychological... Like things that are considered, like fact, that are based on one experiment done, without controls to like yeah yeah, like um you know the Stanford prison prison experiment. Mm. They said like oh people will always abuse their power, but actually if you gave them an option not to abuse every uh, like so they gave them no option but to abuse their power. Yeah. In a different version of the experiment where they were given the option to not abuse it, majority of people took it. Yeah. Same for the one with the electric shocks of, like, someone tells you you have to give someone an electric shock and it'll Mm -hmm. kill them. Yeah, yeah. But it's in place of you or something. Everyone will do it. If they were given the option not to, most people chosen not to. Yeah. I mean, don't, like, this is... Sort of knowledge I've picked up from being around on the internet. Please go and Google and find out real facts for yourself. I'm sure our editor is screaming at me because I've got something wrong, but this is like things I kind of know from around.
1: A lot of those experiments were done with,
0: with a very. I mean,
1: I know you can't. Oh, you can't really go into an experiment without a bias. But a lot of them had very obvious biases. And it was also uni students, so it's people
0: of a certain age, yeah. a certain class, a certain, um, de- uh, like. Um, diversity background yeah
1: yeah so rather than like with the stanford prison one rather Ooh. than be like i want to find my uh, i want to find out what happens when if people are in this situation it was like my hypothesis is this will happen so it was all skewed to make that happen yeah. basically.
0: basically yeah um and i think yeah a lot of this is in the same when the research about yeah. neurodivergence I think yeah, we've got I mean, the same issue. Yeah, I we
1: barely know anything. And, you know, I'm learning about it now. And even what I understood when I first suspected it for my son, like, four years ago, to now is different. I...
0: Know. I... Hyper-focused on this topic, essentially. Mm-hmm. Because I became obsessed with understanding the way I work mm-hmm. and living better. Yeah. Like, you know, I can never keep my room clean. I mean, you knew me before... I went on my whole little cure myself journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like I couldn't keep I couldn't keep this room clean, could I? I was incapable yeah, yeah. of keeping a room tidy in just my bedroom. Like I can imagine if I had a whole house.
1: Yeah, that's why my house is not tidy. <laughs> you, you know what I
0: mean? I think there is no in my parents. So the people who are supposed to teach me certain skills weren't capable of teaching me the skills Mm,
1: yeah because they also didn't know yeah
0: exactly (laughs) because um yeah Fern Brady talks about the the tweet where she came out quote marks as autistic publicly Mm. is she tweeted um I told my dad that I have been diagnosed with autism oh yeah and he replied asking me what I'm eating for dinner. Yeah. And she's like, so that figures out who has it. <laughs> that
1: was really funny. Because
0: it is inherited. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're very likely, if you are neurodivergent, you're very likely to have a neurodivergent parent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like,
1: when my partner got diagnosed, and because um, we think my son has it, and... And, <laughs> and, um, and like, my son doesn't stand a chance basically Um, and uh, my partner's mum was looking into it and she was like because she wanted to learn about it Mm. and then she was like some of these sound quite um and I was like yeah well it is uh, genetically passed down so
0: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah (laughs) well I saw this tiktok that was like oh I mean again you cannot base a diagnosis off a tiktok I will acknowledge that you can use that to then go away and do your own research, yeah, is what TikTok I have done. Yeah, did
1: very well at diagnosing people, though. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but there's this whole thing now that people... It's, I just want to acknowledge that there is a certain school of thought that that's not an acceptable form of way yeah, to find out. Yeah, yeah. For me, personally, because I know we've talked about our personal experiences, I went away and did a couple online assessments from, like, ADHD UK and things like that. Mm. And they were all like, yeah, it's very likely. So this isn't based on I saw a few TikToks I could relate to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, because the
1: thing about ADHD in particular, I i don't have as much knowledge on autism, so I'll just speak to ADHD. Um, all of the things, the traits and, like, the symptoms, all the things that indicate that you have ADHD are all part of the human experience. Mm. It's just to the degree that it affects your life, really, will tell you whether it's, like, ADHD. Because yeah. when people like, everyone's a bit ADHD, no, everyone has the ability to get hyper-focused on something. Everyone has the ability to get distracted. Yeah. Like, everyone can go perhaps a day where they don't eat properly and don't mm. think about their, like, their self-care. We're talking about when it's detrimental to it's your life. Chronic. And it's chronic, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't know, an example is not being able to clean your teeth at night mm. for months at a time.
1: Yeah, when I was younger, I just could not brush my teeth at night. No, me neither. Ever. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I'm a bit better now. (laughs) Yeah. Because I have to, I have to. I make my son do it, so then I do it. (laughs) So a lot of what, like,
0: fun covers in this book is, I guess, the shame associated with that, Mm. which I think I could relate to on that level, which is where I have the, that's where the book kind of got me emotionally, is a Mm. lot of the shame associated with not being able to do things your peers can do.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And then having to try and hide it but like and then so i we're going to talk about this in like a reading update um i recently read this book that was it's dirty laundry
1: dirty laundry why adults with adhd are so ashamed and what we can do to help by richard pink and roxanne emery i love them
0: (laughs) yes these are people who are on tiktok and instagram and they do real they do videos about neurodivergence that in the is, home uh, what i need to spend this credit on sorry i'm just gonna buy it i really you can... think you should listen to it yeah because that that goes through the 10 like 10 symptoms of adhd and and roxy talks about how they manifest for her and how they've manifested in the past hmm. so when she was like less well than she is now um hmm. and then her partner shares what it's like as a partner with a as the partner of someone with those mm. traits so they're on uh, instagram and tiktok mm. as
1: adhd underscore love and mm. they've just come out with an app which is a body doubling app which has been proven to help mm. often people with neurodiverse leanings
0: <laughs> yeah. that book again there's like relating to like fern's book with the whole the shame mm. part of it and how you have to get past that to do anything about it
1: yeah, I mean, when I'm at the height of my depression, like, showering goes right out the window, and then mm. like, I can feel really, like, awful, because I'm like, I should be showering, like, why can't I do it? Mm. And it's because the thought of it is just something I cannot do.
0: Or, like, I don't know how to explain, that like, some days, when I when I switched jobs, and it was the pandemic, and that's when I was, like, my brain was not coping with that. Mm. And that's when I was like, okay, this has got to be more than just anxiety. Mm-hmm because I had left a horrible job and it would be fair to say that there was something going on because Mm. of that job yeah 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 because I wasn't in in a good place after that job so that would have been fair to say but I was like this feels like more and then I started seeing all these tiktoks and then I was like I'm gonna go away and think about this and read stuff (laughs) yeah yeah Um, and
1: like with me the only reason I've started really mm. genuinely thinking I may have ADHD is because all this time I've been learning about it for my partner and my son but now I've got a daughter I started looking into more mm. how it's gonna present it in girls and I'm like, ah oh, fuck <laughs> Look at that then. It's like, it's <laughs> like, yeah.
0: The more I learn about how it presents in women like I, I didn't have to explain to my workplace that like I hadn't done work all day because I was frozen at my desk, unable to do any work. Mm. But I physically sat at my desk yeah for eight hours. I didn't even have a lunch break. I didn't eat. Yeah. I still did no work and I could not explain why that was happening. But I was utterly frozen. I wasn't even on my phone. I was frozen. It was weird. But in terms of corporate, they're happy because you're sitting at your desk. Yeah. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is pandemic early days as well. Yeah, yeah. And I, there wasn't a lot to do and I can do work quite fast. So that's how I got away with that. <laughs> but I'm like, I can't say to my boss, hey, brain says no work today. So I was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which Fern does talk about like the job she had before she was a stripper and before she moved into comedy that have like, she didn't keep those jobs or she moved from job to job to job to job and I'm a job hopper, so I get that. Mm. Not so much recent years. I've been doing better in the last few years.
1: That's because you've started having your accommodations without realising. Yeah. And I've been doing better since I went self-employed.
0: Mm. I'd love to get self-employed
1: yeah. Yeah. Wow So we thought this was going to be a short episode oh God, We've we had like, so much to say Can we, can we
0: fill an hour Because it is a short book So we were like Are we going to fill in an hour talking about yeah. this well, And apparently yes. we did <laughs> So yeah, if that sounds
1: interesting to you, if you think that the content warnings are something you can delve into, I would recommend this book. It's a very eye opening.
0: It's interesting. Um, it's the, the very dry yeah. humor as well. Mm. So if you want to read these topics in a kind of funny way, yeah,
1: yeah. If someone just been like,
0: look at all of this shit I did that was quite embarrassing. Or, it was autism. <laughs> or, or she was. She was just like. And he said I couldn't do that, so I went home and I cut myself. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, literally, that was a line, it was like, full stop. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, again, it's a serious topic, to, but it's, it was the right way for me to read about it anyway, because yeah, I, thought, <laughs> it, I yeah. thought that was quite funny. And it's
1: introduced her to
0: me, so I'm going to check out her stuff. Oh my stuff. god, her comedy's great. Because
1: I don't watch comedians or listen to them, ever. And so.
0: I recently have read, so I like, have read a few. Few books that are either by Neurodivergence or about Neurodivergence mm. and the pace in these books is like oh, this is what I yeah. need. The pace. That's why this is such a short book because yeah. it's just keeping you. The pace going. Is just like boom, There's boom, no boom, There's no meandering. Boom, it's yeah. just-
1: look, we're going to go from this to this, that's that's it, yeah. that's what we're doing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, I, I, you know, and when she talks about the smashing up furniture and all that kind of stuff, yeah, she's very right. frank about it. I would it.
1: love to go do one of those smash rooms where you just... I
0: was really looking shit into it. You know, fun. they get booked out, out so far in advance. I wanted to do it on my 30th. Mm. I went to a spa instead. Nah. <laughs> it was like spa, smash room, what, I need one.
1: <laughs> one or the other. And you, the one you wanted, you couldn't get booked into. Basically. <laughs> so, yes, please uh, please share this episode with anyone that you think might find it of interest. Uh, I will put the links in our bio, uh, in the description for this and in our card, if you mm-hmm. want to pick up your copy of this book. And I just want to say a big thank you to Tandem Collective and Octopus Books as mm-hmm. well, for again, for letting us collaborate with this we were
0: so excited when we got yeah the we were incredibly excited um,
1: <laughs> please follow us uh, subscribe like us etc etc we're on Instagram we're on TikTok we have a Facebook group where we are chatting about what we're reading mm-hmm. um, going forward our reading updates are just going to be about standout books if you want to see more about what we're reading join our Facebook group at the moment we're just talking to
0: each other that Facebook yeah, it's group it's fun <laughs> <laughs> um
1: <laughs> And, yeah, we would love to see you next week for more chat.
0: If there's books you want us to talk about, you can submit them um, on our website, mm-hmm. uh, which is lazybookloverspodcast.wordpress.com. Also, we do fe- feature indie authors. <laughs> we always clap ourselves when we got our yeah. own Everyone. website. address <laughs> right. Um, we do indie author feature episodes, so you can also submit an indie book yes. there. Or if you're an indie author, you can go submit it there. Please do. Please um, do. Basically it's a bunch of ways to get in touch with us but, so like pre- please use one. Yeah, do it. And follow us and download it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Bye, Bye guys. Bye.